unfiltered life coach Craig Daigle joins the show and tells his story. You are not going to want to miss it. Well, I guess you're not going to miss it because you're going to listen to it right now. <laughs> Enjoy. All right. Now, I need feedback from y'all. What do you like? What do you hate? What do you want to listen to more of? Uh, is there a certain guest you want to have back You have back on? Uh, let me know. Brendan at dadsww.com. And don't forget, hit up Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. Uh you know, don't forget to like, share, subscribe on, you know, and get on Instagram, get on Facebook and spread the word. Tell a friend, just one friend and uh, let them know that we're worth listening to. All right. Thanks for listening. Dads worldwide. The first word in family management, family budgeting, insurance, bills, food, vacations, Research and development, homework, emails, phone calls. Last week we tried to do an oil change and ended up with a new car. Security. Doors are locked. Windows shut. House alarm is set. Fingerless gloves. Dads worldwide. Loyal listeners, possibly you. Welcome to another episode of Dads Worldwide. I'm Brendan and solo host tonight. Solo host. But... uh, and I don't, I don't have to torture you people with just a, a solo ep, a episode or just me rambling on about nonsense. No, today we have with you life coach, unfiltered life coach, Craig Daigle. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Man, I, so I, I, I looked over your story and it was just wowed. Absolutely wowed. So you, you went, some, you went from a, a for, through a couple life transformations many yeah. many transformations <laughs> yeah yeah um so we're gonna get to those but first off we're gonna we're gonna do the dad questions all right so let's start off with what's been well actually god man I, I'm, I'm the worst i always forget this part uh how many kids i have four sons whoa yeah your wife must go crazy she does. She does. I, I, I have personal experience with this. I have three brothers. Okay. So, <laughs> so, so you know how it is. Every, oh. Everybody's going to have the upper hand on each other, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> I have two boys and that's the way it goes. So yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And plus, yeah. So, oh, absolutely. I know exactly how it goes. All right. So four boys. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, that man, that's great though. It is great. I, I do love having sons. I love having a daughter as well, but man, the having the sons is so, it's so fun. <laughs> They're great. Absolutely. They're great. Absolutely. All right. So let's start it off. Uh, what's been your proudest dad moment? Oh man. My proudest dad moment, you know, ties into my life change. Honestly was um, watching my children be passionate about nutrition and health um, and People will understand that more as you and I talk, um, why it's such a proud moment. But honestly, letting your children look at you as a role model is just such a blessing. Absolutely such a blessing. That's fantastic. I hope to attain that one day. You okay. Um, let's see here. Ooh, see, I, I'm going to, I'm, I'm doing both roles. I'm doing good cop, bad cop today. So here we go. <laughs> if, if a zombie apocalypse were to start right now, where, where's the place that you would go to, to hold up? 
You know, it's funny, funny that you asked that. I would go to my in-laws' house. There you go. I I would go to my in-laws' house. So let me explain, because I know that that's not the place that most people would want to go, right? <laughs> they would not rush it over there to spend time with their in-laws. No, you know, I would go to my in-laws' house. So my my in-laws, I recently moved to Oklahoma from New England. Um, but my in-laws, where their house is, uh, the back fence is taken out. My wife's grandparents, both sets of grandparents, live behind them. So it's the yards are just open. Well, it's but like a we compound. Have, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We have like three homes right there. So we could we could we could cover all the angles from that one area right there. It's perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. What uh, what a place to fortify. You have three different living <laughs> situations. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. All right. Uh what was the most important thing your dad passed on to you? His work ethic. My father's work at work ethic. I mean, you know, I, I talk about that these days too. You know, when people ask me about what kind of father I want to be and I love my father to death, but he was always working. He was working so hard that he wasn't always available, you know? Um, so for me, I want to be the hard worker like he is, but I want to give my kids time. I want them to have that time with me, you know? Absolutely. I know exactly uh, what you're talking about. <laughs> my, my dad was a worker and uh, yeah. So I, uh, I'm also a worker, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I gotta, I yeah. gotta, gotta make time. Gotta make time. And it's important. It's a... All right. If you could ask your future self from the year 2050, one question, what would it be? <sighs> How did you fast track success? Because I know in 2050, I'm going to be much further uh, successful than I am right now, just because of my, my passion and my drive for what I do uh, in the space that I'm in. But um, just to ask myself what worked best, because you know what I mean? Like, Skip all me, the errors, man, right? Yeah, yeah. man. I, I love failures <laughs> because I learned so much. But Absolutely. Tell me what worked best, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's great. All right. The one book that you couldn't stand or just you had to hide from your kids. You just, it just, <laughs> you couldn't take it anymore. You couldn't read it one more time. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I have one. Um, oh, man. Man, I don't know if I have one because my kids, they, they, my kids like to read. It's the weirdest thing. My kids love to read, but they do it on their own for the most part. Our youngest son, the one that my wife and I have together, because um, one of our sons is uh, my stepson. So biologically, three of them are mine. Um, he's going to be, he's one and a half, but he knows the alphabet and he knows his sight words already. He's like very, very smart and quick but he'll open up a book and read on his own. And it's crazy, but wow. I would say, um, man, I, I don't know. Like I just read them all with them. There's not one that I don't like other than the flipping of the pages beyond the page that we're on. Cause yeah. <laughs> that yeah. one's not sufficient, you know, but we're not going to read that one. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right. Um, 
what is the one thing you hope your children learn from you? How to treat their wife, how to treat their wife. I, I, I truly um, want to, I want to be the husband that they should be. And I want to teach them how to be that husband. Um, and there's a lot of reasons behind that. And, you know, part of my story that you read is, is a good reason as to why, but uh, definitely how to, how to treat their wife, their future wife. That's fantastic answer and actually the first time we've ever gotten that one so that that's great that is great um all right uh the one piece of advice you would give new dads it gets easier (laughs) it gets man it gets easier um you know they (laughs) the time that you have in the beginning where you feel like you're not sleeping, your wife is sleeping even less than you are. So you need to to just relax and don't ever tell her that you're tired because you're going to, (laughs) that's, don't wait. wait, I think that's the most salient advice right there. Right? (laughs) Don't ever, uh, don't yawn in front of her. Don't, (laughs) don't if you have bags, go get some makeup. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You never, you never come out with, oh man, did you hear the baby last night? No, <laughs> like, don't say that. <laughs> Protect yourself. You'll be on the news that night. <laughs> man had murdered. Uh, God, that's great. Uh, I guess, uh, I guess it's going to be the last question here. And I think I'm going to, it's my wife's absolute favorite question that we ask. She tells me, make sure I ask it absolutely every episode and if you can't tell how thick i'm laying on this sarcasm i apologize is a hot dog a sandwich no in my opinion it's not it's a hot dog man right i mean why would a hot dog be a sandwich i mean some some people think so some people think so for for me growing up does a hot dog belong in mac and cheese? That's the real question. I mean, as a kid growing up, poor, like we had hot dogs and everything. That was in it was in the green beans. It was in the the mac and cheese. Yeah. It was, it was an all around protein. Exactly. Yeah, I. That's a good question. I. Why would you ruin good macaroni and cheese with a hot dog? Man, you know I. Always you know what I mean? Like it. I was like you know. Maybe ham. Like, I'm cool with ham and mac and cheese. You know what I mean? That's good. Yeah. 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 Man, now you got me thinking. Oh, this is the worst. I'm going to have to ask a new question. What belongs in mac and cheese? Uh, all right, man. That was great. Uh, you can catch Craig Dagle on unfilteredlifecoach.com. And Man, get on there and read this story. We well, won't have to read it because he's going to tell it, but uh, it is, it's amazing. And if you even question it, well, there's pictures on there. So uh, what do you want to yeah. unpack first, Craig? I, I don't, I don't know where to start. Um, man, honestly. So let's start with when I became a dad. Let's start there. Boom. In, 2000, let's do that. in 2006, I became a father for the first time. Um, my oldest son's mother and I, it did not work out. And before he was six months old, we were in a custody situation. Um, 
And I ended up being a single father, full custody for the first time in, in my life at that point. And that was uh, in 2006. So Sit, wait, wait, at six months old. Y- yes. Yep. Yep. Oh we, my God. Yep. She, she seen him every other weekend at that point. Um, but I, I had full custody after our hearings and our case and everything. And um, we actually, we eventually got along well. We learned how to co-parent and, and stuff like that. Um, it was just, man, I, I fought, I, I fought, I wanted to be, you know, his dad, the best that I could be. And at the time I just opted to be around him as much as possible. Um, I was dad solely for uh, 11 years. He is still in New Hampshire. Uh, you and I had discussed, I moved, I, I live in Oklahoma now. Yep. Um, he's still in New Hampshire. He lives with his mom and his stepdad and he's 14 now. He'll be 15 in April. And then, you know, after that breakup, you know, I went through a period of time where, where things were, they were, they were rocky for me, like depression, anxiety, Ugh, man, I put on probably about 200 pounds in the matter of months. And I, and that's like no wow. exaggeration. Um, it was a matter of months and it was weird too, because at one point I just stopped and I realized I was like, when did this happen? You know, like when, when did I get so big that I couldn't tie my shoes on my feet? And, um, around 2008, 2009, uh, I had met a woman who had two daughters at the time and we started dating. And then her oldest daughter that she had had passed away. She was born with, uh, a a genetic disorder that was very rare. Um, she wasn't supposed to live. She lived till she was six or seven years old. Um, and you know, her and I were dating. We, we hit it off. We, we got together. Um, we continued to date and while we were together, there were moments, there were like glimpses of, I'm not sure if this is the right situation for me, but I cared about her. I cared about her daughter. Um, you know, I kind of like tried to make it work almost. It felt like, and there were, there were times where she had turned to prescription drugs and alcohol. And I can't imagine losing a child. Okay. So at the time when I was in it, I just kind of brushed it off as a coping mechanism. And it wasn't like she did it all the time. It was like, holidays, um, birthdays, you know, things like a memory would be there and she would either self-medicate or, or alcohol, which was also self-medicating at the time. Yeah. Um, but during those times she would, she would get so inebriated or, or high, she would get violent and we would have a domestic, um, during every single domestic when the cops arrived, the large man in the house was always bro. Like I'm telling you, yeah, handcuffs. I can't, every <laughs> single yep. time. The, the only thing that saved me was the kids. Every single time the kids saved me because the kids were there. Unfortunately, they lived through it. And the, the you know, the law enforcement people, men and women, <laughs> women always treated me worse than the guys did. Um, they would come in, they would talk to the kids and the kids would explain like my dad didn't do whatever, you know, mom said, and that never happened. And then they would 
come to grips with what had happened, I would be asked to leave or to vacate for the night, yada, yada. That went on for years, man, for years. We actually, we broke up for a little while. We got back together. Um, we had moved back in together. She was sober for quite some time. And then, then we had a child together. That's um, one of my middle children who I have full custody of. Um, and when we had him, she was sober and clean um, before the pregnancy, after the pregnancy, and then it just, it, it started to happen again. It started the prescription drugs, the alcohol, and it was just like a complete relapse, but even worse than before. And in August of 2015, we had our final domestic. It was like, it was like the rock bottom of rock bottoms. I just, I couldn't take it anymore. I personally uh, was depressed. I was 400 pounds. I had severe sleep apnea, high blood pressure, cholesterol, I was literally a second away from a heart attack. And throughout that whole last final domestic, it went on uh, throughout the whole night. And the cops finally asked her to leave instead of asking me to leave and asked me to stay with the kids. You know, they realized that it wasn't a decent environment to be having number one, both of us there, but let alone they were better off with me after talking to them. Um, I ended up going through, divorce and criminal cases stemming from the domestic violence and a bunch of breaches of restraining order and everything after that. Um, but I didn't change anything about my health or my life at that point. And it wasn't until November of that year, uh, my stepdaughter of eight years was just pulled from our life. Uh, I got paperwork in the mail. She, I had custody of all three kids at the time. I was a single dad, three kids, my now wait family, a second you had custody of her yes. daughter yep wow yep so she wasn't able so after everything she wasn't able to clean up enough basically is what it comes down to or i mean no no it wasn't even it wasn't even close to anything being um able to there was no even visitation at that point that were wow. unsupervised and um what had happened was was I had gotten a uh, paperwork about a guardianship case and it was involved with the maternal grandparents. So, uh, yep. so they, they ended up having her sign her rights over to them, yep. uh, which basically cut me out of the whole equation because as a step parent, I had no rights. I had no, I had no rights to even be in the courtroom for the hearing that day, which I showed up for because I was served paperwork as the, guardian at the time yeah. i walked into court and they were like no you don't you can't be in here if you want to be in here you need to go file a motion and i couldn't afford an attorney at the time so i didn't know what i needed to file i basically stood in the clerk's office trying to figure out what to file so that i could fight for guardianship and keep our family together so to speak uh yeah. And I ended up getting paperwork like two weeks later telling me that she's going to live with them. And, and you know, your stepdaughter of eight years is gone. Um, she was 11 at the time. So, oh, my so God. So, she, so you're she, one of her, the only solid rocks that she's known for for how long? Yeah, for, for, eight, years. for eight, eight years. Right. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, it, it was a bummer. And, you know, since then, I've, I've seen her maybe a handful of times. She's 16 now. Um, I know at some point, I mean, her half brother is my son. So at some point that 
there's probably going to be a time where we end up reconvening. Um, but it was like that, that right there, it wasn't the domestics. It wasn't being 400 pounds. It wasn't sleep apnea. It was none of those things. I truly believe that it was November when she was taken. That was like the final rock bottom for me. Like I didn't know what else to do. And, and she wasn't even blood to me. She was just, she was, she wasn't, she wasn't, you know, yeah. legally she wasn't, but for eight years I was dad. Right. And when that happened, I had reached out to my social media and basically like, I just knew something needed to change. And I basically asked, okay, does anybody have uh, an at-home workout video that I can use? Because I couldn't go to a gym. My family, my immediate family lived 3000 miles away at the time in Arizona. So I didn't have anybody to go pick up kids if they were sick at school. Everything was 100% dependent on me all the time, no matter what. And uh, someone reached out and they said, yeah, you know, they had a, a cardio DVD at home that they hadn't opened. They said, you know, you can borrow it or whatnot. It was my friend, Sarah, that I happened to work with at the time at a hospital. And I brought it home and it was the tail end of November. And I started telling myself like January 1st, that's going to be like our defining moment. We're going <laughs> to, everything's going to change, you know, like, I don't know why people think that, but I used to do that crap too. Yeah. Yeah. And I tell people, I'm like for eight years, let's call it what it is. A new year's resolution yeah. is a promise to yourself. You intend to break. That's ultimately what it is. <laughs> right. And I had done it for eight years in a row. So already here I am, uh, you know, ninth year, January 1st is going to be some magical day for me. Um, and I set the DVDs aside. Well, December 1st at 3 AM, I woke up, and I was choking on acid reflux. And at the time I had severe sleep apnea. So I was sleeping with a CPAP machine and I had the mask on. I'm 400 pounds. I can barely get out of bed on my own anyways. But while panicking and not being able to breathe, yeah. pulling a mask off, like literally just imagine a turtle on their shell. That was like the struggle with a hose. I ended up tearing the machine off the nightstand. I ran <laughs> to the bathroom. I get into the bathroom. I was on my knees on the floor and I'm gasping, but I, I couldn't breathe. So it was like dry heaving basically. And I remember dude, like I say this to people, like people who are religious or not religious for some reason, when you feel like that's all you got, prayer just becomes natural. Like you literally just start praying yeah, And, and I, I was kneeling on the floor, praying to God that he would give me a second chance, just asking to be able to breathe. I, I got up, I pulled myself up on the vanity. I opened up the medicine cabinet. I ate an entire roll of antacids still while I couldn't breathe. I'm just eating them, trying to get the fire to stop. So I start drinking out of the faucet. I finally like take a breath. It felt like forever. It was probably like two minutes, like total time. It was probably like yeah. two minutes. It felt like the whole morning. Yeah, but you when know? you can't when you can't breathe, that panic is insane, insane. And I'm sure it didn't help when you have that, you know, positive recirculation of the air, right? Of the the CPAP. Yeah. So yeah, it, it probably was ten times worse. But um, it just it, it was it was the scariest thing that I've ever gone through. And once I started to breathe, and I'm staring myself in the mirror, 
I actually ended up taking a picture of myself that morning in a pair of blue shorts um, with my shirt off and just being like, this is going to be the last time I look like this. I literally had a conversation with myself in the bathroom and I said, you need to do something about your life or your kids are not going to have a father anymore. And, and then what? And I ended up walking out into the living room and there's the DVD staring me in the face. And I'm like, okay. And it was like, it was like this message. It was all like this moment where it was like, okay, God's letting me live. Now he's telling me to go work out. Now he's telling me I need to make this change. I made a promise to him. So I'm like, all right, I walk out into the living room. I throw in the DVD. It was a 25 minute cardio DVD, just at home fitness. Everybody's seen these DVDs and it was the hardest 25 minutes of my life, bro. And when I finished that 25 minutes, like I couldn't keep up with these people five minutes in, I hated the lady that was on the video. That was the modifier. Like I literally just like was swearing at her and, uh, the, yeah. the trainer's like oh you guys she just had a baby and i'm like i'm about to have a baby yeah, like, like, <laughs> she just had a baby you just mock yeah, it maybe ex- exactly that is exactly what it was and i'm swearing at her I, I couldn't keep up with them so what what i ended up doing was i i just kept psyching myself up and i marched in place when i couldn't do the moves that they were doing i marched in place i stayed moving for 25 minutes and then at the end i realized like I said out loud, I'm like, wow, that was the hardest 25 minutes of my life. And then something inside me, like just kind of pulled it out. And it was like, yes, that was hard, but being overweight and not being able to do anything is hard. 24 hours a day. You're picking your hard right now. This is what it's going to be. And, and then that, that just was the catalyst for just the push. I ended up, uh, I've lost 130 pounds total. I've, I've lost 130 pounds and it took me like about a year and a half to lose that weight. I've kept it off in five years. Um, and then I found a, a calling basically from people messaging me and telling me that I gave them hope. Um, I helped them believe in, in their own journey that I realized that I could help other people within what I was doing. And I started to join the space of coaches that I'm in. Um, and I just realized that through me changing my life, I could help change other people's lives. And just by using my story, you know? Oh, I think uh, a lot of people, yeah, just see, they need evidence that whatever they're going to be, whatever they're doing is going to lead to something. If they do what you did, then they can, you know, there's going to be results. So I think, uh, yeah, I think a lot of people just are, look for that logical end. So, yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, but then also you're easy to talk to. I mean, we talked right. for what, five, 10 minutes, 15 minutes the other day. And instantly I do, I was like, oh yeah, this guy's going to be, this is going to be a great guest. So no, no problem, yeah. you know? So you're, you're easy to talk to. And I think, uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and I can see you could probably be pretty motivating as well. <laughs> I, I do try. I trust yeah. me. I try. Um, the reason why I call myself the unfiltered life coach is when I started coaching, I was this potty mouth dad that just dropped F bombs all the time. Um, and it kind of, <laughs> it kind of segued a little bit. All right. So <laughs> I learned that in the space and with what I do, I'm much more shareable when I'm not dropping F bombs. Yeah. So I reach a much larger audience 
Um, but you cannot take and put a filter back on someone that is unfiltered like, like I am. And I always tell my clients, like, <laughs> I, I probably have uh, pissed them all off at least once, if not a dozen times. And the reason being is, is because I'm, I'm not the type of person or coach that beats around the bush. I don't massage egos and I don't enable people. And I think that that has to do a lot with the fact that I went through a lot of stuff where I enabled somebody to push me around in my life. And I know what people are capable of. I just need to get them to know what they're capable of. So a lot of my unfiltered advice that I give to my clients, um, it's tough love, but it's still love, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Some people need to, some people need to hear the truth. And even if the truth hurts. So oh, 100%. And you know, it's funny that my clients that have the biggest results, some of them stopped talking to me for about a month after, <laughs> after, you know, I would tell them something, um, you know, I usually let it go a couple of times and then I ease my way into it. And then it's, it, it's kind of like that Gary Vaynerchuk jab, 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 right hook. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm just like, I jab them a couple of times. And if I don't get a reaction, they're going to get a haymaker and they might not like it, but at the end of the day, it's for their own good. Um, I have a woman, she actually, she lives in New Hampshire. She is an absolute blessing to my life. Um, she was over 500 pounds when we started working together. She's lost about 200 pounds roughly. And when we started talking, her and I, she was going once a week to a wound clinic and getting her legs wrapped because due to her weight, secondarily, oh she had severe lymphedema which caused water in her legs and in her cells to swell and her legs would burst. It was so bad to the point where she would be hospitalized for weeks at a time. And when I had reached out to her, you know, I didn't know whether I never know, like think about how hard that is for me as a health coach to reach out to somebody and be like, Hey, would you like to do nutrition and fitness with me? Automatically people think I'm calling them fat without knowing that yeah. I've been, you know, like yeah. I've been unhealthy. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to be derogatory towards you. I just know that I can help you, you know? Yeah. And when I reached out to her, I was the eighth person to ask her for my space of what I do. Yep. And she told me, she says, I don't know what it was, but like you said, she said, I just seemed very relatable to her and she trusted that I was going to be able to help her. She's been lymphedema free uh, for years now, a couple years, few years now. She's lost 200 pounds and she just ran her first ever 5K um, no about way. a month and a half ago. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Oh, she must have been stoked. Oh, she was so pumped. Yeah. She went from not being able to walk and being bedridden from periods yeah. of times to running a 5k, you know, it's like, it's just, it's incredible. And it's such a humbling experience to be a small piece. Cause I didn't do anything other than support and, and give them hope. I literally did nothing in my opinion. And, and they, you know, I will get messages. Oh, thank you so much for this. And that that's the humbling moment for me, the gratitude of being able to fill my cup by helping people. But, what they don't realize 
is I didn't do anything. They did everything. They did the work. To oh, get yeah, they, they definitely did all the hard work. But there's some people that do need someone there in their ear saying like, all right, let, hey, you screwed up. Don't worry about it. Get back on the horse. Do it again. You know, you know, OK, yeah, you ate a cheeseburger. Big deal. Yeah. You know, let's have one a week, not 10, you know, you'd be like, exactly. Yeah. So some people just need that. Occasionally I need that. <laughs> it's cool. Absolutely. You know, I think we all need a coach every now and then, you know, so even I have a coach. Yeah. And, and, and it's great that you say that because I think that a lot of people just think like, once you reach a, a certain level or result in life that you're, you're done, you're, you're the master. I always want to be a student, man. Just, I, I don't yeah, know you everything, be. you know? Yeah, of course. Of course. I think, I mean, I think that's true professionally, uh, you know, you know, f- physical fitness wise, it's always good to have someone that knows a little bit more than you that you can, you know, bounce ideas off of. And, um, yeah, I'm a professionally, I'm a plumber. I don't know everything about plumbing. Do you know how much plumbing there is out there? It's insane how much, yeah, different piping there is, you know, different, you know, there's so much different stuff. Uh, you know, and I, I still call like, you know, people, someone that was a mentor to me years ago and just say, Hey man, how do I do this? You know? And so, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not surprised to say that you have someone in your corner helping you out. Absolutely. So how long have you been working with that person? I've, I've been working with a a coach professionally because I I have coaches in my network that support me, Mm -hmm. um, in, you know, in my nutrition and my fitness and stuff. And I work with trainers, but I have a coach that's been working with me professionally for me in, in business and in mentorship as leadership for just over a year and a half now. So, and, and, and I, I got skin in the game. I, I pay to have somebody kick me in the balls every now and then to tell <laughs> yeah. me what to do, you know, yeah. like legit. Uh, yep. Yeah. Sometimes like, again, sometimes you need that, you know, 100%. All right. So, uh, so you said it took you a year and a half to lose 130. Yeah. Roughly about a year and a half to lose 130 pounds. That's and pretty I, awesome. It is. It absolutely is. And it's funny because I always hear people, <laughs> You know, we, we hear all of the things. There's there's so much misinformation on the internet. There's so many different meal plans and nutrition and all you have to do is this and you don't have to change this. And the, the basic thing is if, if you are in calorie deficit and eating a healthy meal plan and you work out is, is extra credit, working out is extra credit. If you eat right and you're in calorie deficit and you're eating the right foods, anybody can lose weight. Mm-hmm. Anybody, anybody can. And I always hear people when I start talking to them, they're like, yeah, you know, I want to lose like, you know, two pounds a week. And I'm talking, these people have a hundred or more to lose. And they're like, I'm going to lose two pounds a week. I'm like, dude, I go to the bathroom and lose two pounds. You're going <laughs> to lose more than two pounds in a week. I need you to, you know, really give me effort and we're going to get there. And then they're like, well, how long did it take you? And I tell them about a year and a half. And then they, then I see them doing the math in their head. And I'm like, yeah, that's more than two pounds a week guys. And healthy. The thing of it is, is it's, you're working your body the right way. You're fueling your body, right? You're doing all the things it's going to come off and, and it's going to, and you're going to feel great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how do people come to that two pounds? 
I mean, how do come? How do people come to that calculation? I mean, to me, I've never said, okay, I, I just, I mean, overall, I've said, all right, I probably want to lose about thirty pounds. You know, however long that takes me. Right. I've never, you know what I mean? I've never kind of like, I want to lose this much a week or this much it's, a month, you know? It's Google, man. It's Google. Yeah. That's yeah. literally, that's what, you know, and, and I can tell you from experience because the eight years prior to me actually doing something for myself, I, I tried everything. I, if it was on Dr. Oz and told you that you could lose weight, I tried it. Yeah. Like I, I literally, the, the, uh, Garcina Cambogia pills, the, <laughs> um you know the the ketones the raspberry ketones um, it was all shortcuts so Craig, right it, all and, shortcuts and, and that's what it was not just shortcuts but gimmicks they were yeah. they were literally there to make money off of desperate people like me mm-hmm. who were who were claiming they were willing to do anything but the truth was i wasn't because i wasn't willing to put in the work right yeah you weren't willing to change your diet you weren't willing to yeah yeah that's not gonna happen yeah I just, I wanted it and I wanted it now. And that's, that's the problem is our, our whole society has that instant gratification mindset. Oh, for sure. It's like, man, you, it takes work. I, I tell clients, I'm like, this is a marathon, not a sprint. Don't expect you didn't get that way overnight. It's nope. not going to change overnight. Like let's work. Yeah. Well, you didn't do this in a year and a half doing a Jane Fonda video. So so, no, but it's pretty close. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, so, I mean, you've heard of insanity and P90X, right? Yep. Of course. Yep. They are, they are all in one entity. They are all part of one company. They, they yep. are all part of Beach the baseline. Body. And, and that's all it was. I, I brought in Beachbody into my life and I literally just, I worked with their trainers. I worked with their nutritionists and I've been doing that for over five years to the point where I've been invited to speak on stage to 30,000 people and share my story to the point where um, I've been a part of programs before they've been released. It's There are over 7,000 workouts on our online platform. Yep. And there's so many new programs now, man. And even the old school jams, they're the ones that I love the most. Because yeah. they're the ones that like still get people results. Oh yeah, I've done uh, P90X and uh, a few of the other workouts. So, absolutely, yeah. everybody's tried them, dude. Everybody yeah. knows who they are. They've been in business for twenty years for a reason. You know, they absolutely. know what they're doing. So that's it, Beachbody, huh? You jumped on board and went to town, and 130 pounds later. So you're still doing it. You're so you're a coach yeah. with them. And yeah, I work independently with them, but I also I do my own thing. Um, basically, what I did was I used them as my foundation mm-hmm. to build to build my brand and to build who I am to this day. But I still use my roots. I still help people with the programs, and I still do that. But I also work with other people in other um, online businesses. I help coach people as a business mentorship. I do all kinds of stuff, man. It opened up so many avenues for me that it's been such a blessing. And my current wife, I'm remarried now. I met her through coaching. I met her 1700 miles away. That's awesome. She, she she told me every single thing a woman would tell you to not pursue her. She told me, (laughs) she she told me she wasn't dating. 
she would the, the next man that came into her life was going to be her husband and I don't know if I met that as a challenge or, I mean, I just fell in love with, with this woman. She's absolutely gorgeous. It was reverse psychology. She's a genius. Yes. (laughs) She got me, man. She got you. She hook, line and sinker. She got me. It's, you know, it's been, it's been such a blessing. And and like I said, in the beginning, we, we have a son together, her and I, Uh, he's, he's, he's going to be two in April. It'll be two in April. That's great. They're fun at that age. So much fun. Yeah. <laughs> they're fun when they're older too. That's not fair. Yeah, but, you can but, just you can like just the beat little, them up the, a little better. Yeah, the little ones are, <laughs> and they're cuddly. You know, they just, are they're great. Um, so uh, nutrition. I mean, that had to change significantly because huge. Yeah, I mean, you just you can't lose that much weight and continue to do. I'm sure what you were doing. I mean, I don't know how many calories you were pulling in, but if you gained a couple hundred pounds and you know, within a couple yeah. of years, I'm, I'm imagining your calorie intake was pretty insane. It was all of the calories. Every <laughs> calorie. <laughs> Which one? Which one? All of them. All of the calories. Um, dude. Uh, so let me just break down what I would have for dinner sometimes. And this will give you an idea of how bad it was. Yeah. Um, I would I would stop at a craft beer store on the way home and I would grab like a six pack of, you know, some really heavy double IPAs, it, you know, just extra calories right there. Yeah. Um, I would stop at the pizza place and I would get a large pepperoni and mushroom pizza, extra cheese, a large cheese steak, extra cheese with mayo and ketchup on it and a large French fry. And then I would wash that down with a two liter of Diet Coke. And then I would drink. Oh, the wait IPAs. a second. Stop. Stop. Did you say you put mayo and ketchup on a steak? And yeah. Cheese? Isn't that the only way to eat? No, it? I think the interview is done now. <laughs> We're cutting you off. <laughs> what? Ketchup dude, on a steak? Dude, don't put ketchup on a steak. Too. No, I put, I put mayonnaise <laughs> and ketchup on like everything, dude, back in the day. It was so bad. It was so bad. Mm. Um, I'm that, sorry. That sorry. Go bad. ahead. You're, so, you're, so you're, a, a large, a large pizza, a steak and cheese with some diet Coke because, well, it's diet. So it's yeah, good it's for diet. You. So it's good for you. It's good for it you. was a whole two liters though. You know, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it's such a ridiculous concept too. And I used to, I used to think that too, I would be at the drive-thru at McDonald's and I'd be like, yeah, you know, give me the double quarter pounder with cheese and fry value meal uh, with an extra double quarter pounder and cheese to wash it down. What would you like to drink, sir? Uh, can, you, can I get a Coke Zero or a Diet Coke? Yeah, Diet Coke. I'm cut, <laughs> cut down my calories. Yeah, really. I'm watching. Oh my, my god! I mean, I know round is a shape and all, but um, <laughs> it was it was bad. But yeah, like I I can honestly say I think that anybody can relate to this. And in, in this being the beginning of January of a new year. Um, it's actually, what's ironic is today is generally the day that 90% of people that made a resolution have given up by now. It's it, it, the window t- today is the day. Um, and the only reason I know is cause I'm a statistics guy and I was a statistic, so I watch it, but I tried to eat better for the most part, but I think that the scary part was, there's so much mis- misinformation about nutrition. Oh, big time out there that, I mean, I tried 
keto. I tried this. I tried Atkins. I tried South Beach. I tried this. I tried that. Um, what really worked for me is, you know, what I do now, I'm, I'm actually certified in one of our nutrition programs because I got so passionate about understanding um, food and, and how we eat and how it made me feel that I wanted to help other people. But it's literally portion control, but the right food. And in the past, if you told me I couldn't have something that pissed me off and I'd have it. Yeah. So with this, it's like a list of what I should eat. So it's like, kind of like the reverse thought, like, okay, it's not that you can't have anything, but if you eat on this list, you'll do better. Yeah. So I just, I stuck to the foods on the list and, you know, I eat what we call the rainbow. It's everything's color coordinated in food groups. But when I started eating to a list and portioned, um, on a daily basis where I don't have to figure out my calories. I don't have to figure out my macros. I don't need to be a friggin' genius. I need to know how to count and I have enough fingers to count the containers <laughs> and I got to be able to know colors. That's it. So yeah. like, if I know that my greens are my veggies, cool. How many veggies do I get a day? Eight. Most people cannot eat on these meal plans. It's so much food. People get like blown away because like you said earlier, the calorie intake for a double quarter pounder with cheese is the um, total calories for somebody for the whole day. For the whole day, yeah. For the whole freaking yeah. day. Yeah. And if you just ate broccoli, <laughs> 100 calories of broccoli is a giant plate of broccoli. Well, that's only 100 calories. Now, you figure I need to get, say, I, I generally eat around 3,000 calories a day now. For the size that I am, maintenance-wise, um yeah but you're also calories. you're also working out yes you know yes. so yeah there's a compensation for that absolutely yeah. my body i'm always if i'm not in a calorie deficit i'm in a, i'm in a maintenance i it's a yeah. wash yeah. at some point but i eat about three thousand calories a day and three thousand calories of vegetables dude <laughs> is a lot of food that's a lot of veggies is <laughs> a lot of food yep yeah. And I think uh, speaking to that, right, you were saying, you know, color coding and all this stuff. And, and I think I think that's why a lot of people give up is yeah. because it gets too difficult to maintain. It's overwhelming. it's overwhelming. It really is, you know, because you're like, oh, well, I can't, you know, and then you like you said, counting calories and stuff like that. And you're sitting there trying to portion stuff out to make sure you're yeah. not hitting that. Um yeah. And man, I did it all. It's to be too much. That could just be too much. Yeah. Yeah. But that, done, it, yeah, it's frustrating. Super frustrating. I mean, I've done the, you know, the, my fitness pal where yeah. <laughs> I, I pull my phone, yeah. man, we've, we've all done it. And yeah. that's what's so relatable about when I shared things. I'm like, guys, like, I understand I've done it too. Like I pulled my phone out. I'd scan the barcode of the bag of chips that I was eating, not understanding that just because I scanned a barcode and it fit my calories and it fit my meal plan doesn't mean I should be eating it. No, it's still not good for you. <laughs> That's that was the thing, man. Like just because I scanned it didn't mean a thing. It, it wasn't, it was, it shouldn't have been. Well, that, on my but that's meal like plan. eating. That's like eating Coke zero or drinking Coke zero. Exactly. It has zero calories. It's still exactly. not good for you people. Like that is one of my pet peeves. Like I, if, 
you're drinking soda, you're on, you're being unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Soda's not good for you. And I have a lot of friends that drink soda. And every time I mention it on the show, they go, way to go, Brendan. I'm still going to drink it. I was like, I don't care. That's up to you. Just know they, that they it's unhealthy. It in front of you then. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I drink beer. Beer is not good for me. I drink it. I get it. Like, it's not a, but, but there's some people, uh, there was a guy that I used to work with who did about uh, three, two liters a day. That's crazy. That, and it was, I mean, and it was, I diet, was there. It was Diet Coke, though. So yeah, was, that's all right. It good. And it was, um, well, so, if it's Diet Coke, you can have twice as much. I heard. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a, so. Uh, we we were we were riding together to work, and I was just like, I was like, he told me how much, and I just like kind of did that look to him, like I'm driving, and I just like that slow glance, like over to the passenger <laughs> side, like. Are you serious? Like that's how much you drink? He's like, how yeah. are like, you alive? Yeah, and he's—I <laughs> mean, the guy's a PT stud. Like he can, you know, he can work out like crazy. He can run. I mean, uh, but I'm—I was like, he's like, well, I just can't get rid of this like thirty pounds. And I'm like, well, I'll quit soda. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm telling you straight up. And um, yeah, he eventually got rid of the soda, but uh, but yeah, it's just yeah. Uh, sugar any sugar in general it spikes your insulin it's inflammatory that's and i know that because of my mother-in-law now um so what is your core i guess for nutrition what is your what do you start people with i guess like what you know to make it not to because because if you run in there and just start ripping stuff out of their cabinets right yeah you're gonna shock people you're gonna shock people. yeah, yeah that's that's not how i roll um so for me, I just kind of lead the way that, that I went and I explained to him that, you know, like I've been there, I've done that. I've, I've tried the Weight Watchers, the MyFitnessPal, all these things. Um, luckily with our programs, everything's kind of outlined for them. And I, I basically can just navigate them through it. Everything's explained in, you know, through videos and uh, program materials to where they explain it. I can, I can simplify it because I've, I've navigated it. So what I do is I simplify it and I just explain to people like no one's meal plan is perfect. Number one, once we get that out the way, yeah. they'll, they'll know because here, here's the problem with people. People are all or nothing, man. And what will happen is, is I'll have a client who's doing great and then they'll go to work and work throws a luncheon. And for lunch, they order 55 pizzas. Yep. Or Chinese food because yeah. it's cheap, yeah. right? Yeah. Cheap and quick. And exactly. So now lunchtime comes, they've brought their lunch. They're two weeks into a fitness program with me and they break. They just, they can't handle it. Number one, because they're, they're coworkers who are shitty people, pressure them into eating it. They're like, oh, come on, man. Like, <laughs> shitty one, people. They, they are. They're like, oh, come on, man. One slice ain't going to kill you, you know? And they pressure them into it. So then they do it, right? This yeah, is this is exactly true. how it happens. Very true. Every time. Now, now, now they like literally, and I'm not even near these people. I work with people virtually in four countries and, it, and I don't care what country they're in. This always happens. They're driving home, avoiding me socially on social media and they're not posting on their page. They they're disappear. Ashamed. Yeah, they're ashamed. And, and I'm like, and I, and it's like, I know, right? Yeah. So it, <laughs> 
And then they go home. And now that they've already ruined their meal plan for the day, like it's out the window. So now they go home and they, they eat all the chips, they eat all the bull crap. They, you know, pound the wine and the beer that night. And, and like a day or two goes by and they call me and they're like, Oh, I messed up. And I'm like, no, it's okay. I'm like, let's, let's backtrack. Let's reverse engineer this. And I'm like, explain to me what happened. And they're like, oh, well, I had pizza at work with luncheon. And then just, I fell off the rails. And I'm like, oh, so let me ask you a question. And they're like, all right, go ahead. If you woke up tomorrow and you went out to your car to go to work and you had a flat tire in your car, do you walk back in the house? Do you grab a knife out of the kitchen, walk back out to the driveway, slash the other three tires, piss in your gas tank and not drive to work. And they're like, no. I'm like, then why'd you do that to your meal plan? It makes zero sense. <laughs> so what? You had a flat tire. You had pizza, like change the tire and keep driving. Right. Like yeah. just fix it. It's going to be all right. Like it, it, you're not out of alignment at that point until you feel so guilty that you just go off the deep end. And it's that analogy gets them every time they're like, Oh man, now I feel dumb. And I'm like, well, don't feel dumb. And they're like, no, you were right. I'm like, I don't want to be right. I yeah. want you to be healthy. <laughs> that's that's fine. Just fix it. Just, just, <laughs> just don't don't do it the next time. There we go. That's it. Yeah. Fix the tire. Keep yeah. driving. That's yeah. it. Oh uh, man, that's great. I, I and I I know I found myself doing that. You know, doing doing stuff and just saying, oh, that's it. Hand grenade. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here to F shit up and eat pizza. And I'm all out yep. of pizza. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it is so, so true that people at work are just, they're awful. <laughs> you know, they will never let you down. Yeah. And then there's birthday it's, cake, right? Someone's birthday. Man, it's, birthday it's, cake. it's the hardest yeah. for me. And like, I, I have a hard time, you know, with clients that, you know, we're all adults. We like to go out and have adult time. We like to, you know, go out with our, our guy friends or our girlfriends or whatnot. And that's one of the biggest things that clients have a hard time with is they're like, oh, well, you know, I'm going out for drinks Friday night. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like plan for it. Like, what do you mean? I'm like, make sure your nutrition's on lock Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So that if, if you do have adult time, you're going to cheat if you're going to cheat. It's not yeah, that big a deal. Yeah. Exactly. And, yeah. you know, when I break it down for them like that, they, they get it. But some of them, too, like they try, they they will go out and it's like they try to limit themselves. And it's those friends, those those people enabling them. Uh, they enable them to feel like it's all right. And whether it is or it isn't, it's not all right for them right now. Not if they're trying to change your life. Like, yeah. If anybody that ever listens to this, if you're that person that says to your friend, oh, let's just, it's okay. Like go punch yourself in the face for me because it's rude. Like it's rude to your friend. Like be supportive of your friend who's trying to change your life. You know, be an adult. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's great. Uh, so I'm curious, is there, has there been anyone that, has asked for help, but is still not kind of ready for help. Have you know, and it, were you able to reach them or were you able to, you know, get through to that? Um, so I, I currently have about a thousand clients. Wow. And I'll tell you hundreds, hundreds, hundreds of people 
um, aren't necessarily ready. Some are more ready than others. Um, in the beginning, I was not very good at being able to judge where a person's readiness was. Yep. Oh, more so because I wasn't the coach then that I am now. Now I know what questions to ask. I know more, I'm more experienced with my own change and helping other people that I can recognize things. Um, and I still don't know everything. I don't claim to know everything, but I'm always learning and I'm always learning from helping other people. But man, I'll tell you, if, if you feel in your life, like you don't belong, whether it's in a job, in a relationship, in your own skin, change it. I am telling you right now, there is nothing worse than living somewhere you don't belong, whether it's in the wrong body, in the wrong relationship, in the wrong jobs, whatever it is, if you're in the wrong place, remove yourself and change it. 100%. Like There's only one person that can do it. And, and I tell people that. And the, the thing that, the hardest thing that I ever did in my life was setting down my pride and ego and realizing that everything that's happened to me in my life was my responsibility. And when I tell people that they're like, Oh no, man, like the domestic violence wasn't yours. Yes, it was. I taught my ex-wife how to treat me. I taught her what I was willing to accept. I taught her um, what I was willing to put up with at the time. Everything was my direct responsibility at any time I could have left. The problem is, is people are so afraid of the unknown that they get stuck in what I like to call the comfortable struggle. You get so comfortable struggling that you need it in your life. And it's like, you will just put up with it because you don't know how to live any other way. Yeah. And, and it's scary, man, that the excuses that, will pour in. That's the, why the, people the stay. To stay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's why they stay in domestic violence. That's why they stay uh, in addiction relationships, whether they're the addict or not. It's you just stay for no reason. And, and that's what's scary. Yeah, that, that whew, that's so true it's on so many levels, on so many different scenarios. That's just uh, f for me, it was an employment scenario. It was miserable. Yeah. I hated it. And it was just like, finally, like I tell people I left the salary that I left, the job that I left. And they're like, well, you're an idiot. And I'm like, actually i'm happy <laughs> so 100 I, I was like i don't know what to tell you i don't care so 100 and you know yeah. what but That's... i had to make that choice i was miserable I, I i wouldn't say i was miserable but i was i was not happy for for a decent amount of time uh and uh yeah so it, it was my, and that was my fault 100 and, so, and when yeah. you and when you change it and the, that's the thing is like you just said the, the money, um, the situation, the people get caught up in the details. They don't realize how good things could be for them. They just get caught up. Like they're like, Oh, well, how am I going to do this and this? If I am out of this situation, it's like, why don't you worry about that? When you're out of the situation, you're not even out of the situation yet. And you're already worried about what's going to happen a year from now. Like, shut up, get out of there. And trust me, it will work out like it will. F Man, when I went through uh, custody and I was a single father, I was broke, dude. I'm telling you, like, I didn't have enough money. I was unsuccessfully evicted for 24 months 
in a row. Every month, my rent was late. I got an eviction notice. I paid it late. Uh, my vehicle was just out of collection and being repossessed because I paid it, you know, 30 just, days late. Just a late. little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I alternated, dude. I did, so the electric bill was one month and the car payment was the next month so that nothing ever went off or, or was collected. And at the time, I, I was getting... I'm a man who received WIC stamps uh, for my youngest son at the time. And that was literally how I bought food for the most part. We, and mind you, I ate healthy on a meal plan while on WIC. So when people tell me things like, I don't have time to work out, I'm like, you're full of crap. I was a single dad working 80 hours a week. Yeah, you do. I did it. And then they were like, oh, like, I don't have enough money to eat healthy. I'm like, you're, you're full of it. Yeah, I was on I was on Wick with yeah. two kids, a single father working 80 hours a week. And I did it. And they're like, OK, well, maybe I'm wrong. And I'm like, right. no, not maybe uh, you are wrong. You are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> There's the unfiltered coming through. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, w a couple of my guests that, uh, that I that I've had on the show and they they wake up at like three thirty, four o'clock in the morning and they go to town. Uh, even one of the co-hosts, Jason, he is, you know, he, he gets up early to work out and there, you know, there's only so much time in a day, but you can plan for it if you really want to. Right. 100%. I always tell so. people that tell me that they don't have time, that it's not time that they lack it's direction and priorities. And you, you got to get one of them straight. If you ever want to make time for anything that you need. Yeah. Yep. People have to want it. 100 percent 100 brendan yep man this has been awesome i think we've taken a lot of your time up but uh no thank you problem. for coming thank you for coming on the show this is awesome um tell everybody where to find you how to get a hold of you if they want to get a coach absolutely you can find me on just about any social media platform that we have right now while they're all still up and running yeah. <laughs> you can yeah. find me you can find me on facebook uh unfiltered life coach or under craig daigle you search for me you'll find me if you google you can usually find me i'm on instagram as unfiltered life coach and unfilteredlifecoach.com uh, is my website so you can find me anywhere perfect all right people you know how to get hold of me brendan at dadsww.com uh, we're on all the socials, Dad's Worldwide Podcasts, and don't forget, man, weekly episodes. Damn it. Get on it. That's right. Let's <laughs> go. Make some time. Don't tell me you don't have time. That's right. <laughs> See? Now they can't use that as an excuse. <laughs> yeah. No, you just have horrible content. I can't I can't argue with that. I don't know. No, no. Nah, don't say that. Nah. Don't say that. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, thanks again for coming. Craig, it's been great. Absolutely. I had a great time. And uh, hey, everyone, thanks for listening. Later. Dads worldwide. Loyal listeners, possibly you. you.